Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. We've heard in the past half an hour today that um, Stephen Silver from Foxford in County Mayo has been handed a life sentence for the murder of Detective Gartha Colum Horkin and um, he shot him 11 times as he tried to arrest him. This is in Castle Ree in County Roscommon back in June 2020 and our courts correspondent Frank Rainey is with us on the, night, on the line today. Frank, can you just tell us what was actually said at the sentencing? Well, today, a number of victim impact statements were read out on behalf of some of the family members of Detective Gartha Colum Horkin. Some very emotional victim impact statements, I must say. It was a packed courtroom, standing room only. It was clear for all to see that Colum Horkin was very much well-loved in his community, clearly by his family, and also very well-respected and loved by his colleagues, many of whom had made the trip up to Dublin for today's sentence hearing. Uh, His father, Marty, was there like he had been throughout both trials, because let's not forget that Stephen Silver was found guilty following what was a retrial. So two trials before uh, they got a conviction across the line. And Marty Horkin, Colm's father, spoke about the night that his family woke him to tell him that his son had been shot dead. This was back in June of 2020. And he said that that news left him shocked and numb. Cullum was a single man. He was living with his father at the time. Marty remembered waving him off to work that day and never thought for one second that that would be the last time that he saw his son alive. They seemed to have a very close and wonderful relationship. Um, He said that his son was very good to him and he said that he feels very lonely in the house on his own now without him. He spoke about the restlessness and the many sleepless nights he's had since he got that dreadful news. He described how he was re-traumatised by having to listen to the brutal and graphic details of how he died. And as I said, Andrea, he had to sit through that twice. Mm. He said day-to-day life will never be the same for him. He described Colm as reliable and honest, someone who was always there for him. He said he used to give him sound advice and he said he was very proud of the gentleman that he grew up to be. He said he was particularly proud of his son when he'd hear stories of how he helped people in a quiet and unassuming way. At the time when Detective Horkin was shot dead in the course of his duties, as you say, while trying to arrest Stephen Silver near Main Street in Castle he had 25 years service with Angarda Siakana under his belt. He loved being a Garda and it was very clear from the victim impact statements were read out today that that was the case. Uh, Deirdre Horkin, his sister, a victim impact statement was read out on her behalf and she began it by saying that there was no forgiving Stephen Silver for what she described as his pointless act and she said that she wanted him, Stephen Silver, to remember that every evening his cell door closes behind him. He des- She described uh, Colm as a real gent. She said he was the apple of everyone's eye. She described their close bond. She said he was like a second father to her. She was always going to him for advice. She said her problems would become his his problems and that he was never reluctant to try and solve them for her. He would always try and help his sister out. She said that she tortured him at times, but she adored him too. Mm. And she said he knew that. He felt loved. She said he always gave 
100% in everything he did. That's very clear from some of the statements that have been made by his Garda colleagues in the past in relation to how he approached his work as a member of Angarda Siakana, a very proud member of Angarda Siakana. Deirdre Horkin shared some really lovely memories of their final year together because this was in the middle of the pandemic. So they got to spend a lot more time together. And she said that she would cherish those memories, having the chats over breakfast before he went to work and again over dinner when he returned home in the evening. She said that she feels very lucky that they got that time together, but she still feels robbed because he had so much more living to do. She said he was all she had and that losing him has destroyed her. And really poignantly, I felt towards the end of her victim impact statement, she said that if she knew this was going to happen to Colm, she would never have loved him as much as she did. And she said that on that tragic night, the best part of her died on the street with him. I'm sure in, in incredibly uh, difficult, I suppose, for, for all of the family members in, in hearing that as well, Frank, today and, and, and very difficult and hard victim impact statements. I suppose in, in, in many ways, the sentencing today, um, it's not something that we hear too frequently. The life sentence handed down to Stephen Silver for capital murder, but because he killed a Garda in the course of his duties, um, is that, 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 is, that is the case. That's, that's what happens. I mean, can you tell us a little bit, I suppose, about the reaction in court? Well, firstly, in terms of the sentence, you're correct to say that um, members of Angarda Shiokona and prison officers are provided with, I suppose, extra protection under the law because of the nature of their work. The penalty is still a mandatory life sentence. Stephen Silver was handed a, ma- a mandatory life sentence this afternoon. But I suppose where the sentencing differs when it comes to members of Angarda Shiokona is, is when it comes to parole eligibility. So where someone is convicted of the more general murder offence, they become eligible for parole after 12 years. Now, it's very very rare, as we all know, that someone gets parole at the first time of asking. Uh, but in Stephen Silver's case, because he killed a Garda in the course of his duties as Detective Horkin was that evening back in June of, of 2020, Stephen Silver was convicted of, of capital murder and he won't be eligible for parole for 40 years. So we will spend at least 40 years uh, behind bars. In terms of a reaction when the sentence was handed down, I suppose, again, given the mandatory nature of the sentence, there was no great surprise when it was handed down. Ms Justice Tara Burns had absolutely no discretion when it came to sentencing Stephen Silver today. But I think the most poignant moments were certainly when those victim impact statements were being read out. As I say, it was a packed courtroom. Marshy was there Deirdre was there. Lots of Colm Horkin's friends and family and colleagues were there and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I noticed Marty batting tears away throughout those victim impact statements and they were really lovely. I mean, Ms Justice Burns, obviously, as I say, her hands were tied. The victim impact statements wouldn't have made any difference one way or another when it came to passing sentence today. But it was still a really lovely opportunity for the family to share their memories of Colm Horkin, Mm -hmm. to tell us how he lived his life and how he approached his work as a member of Angarda Shiakana and to tell the court how his death has affected them all greatly. Well, just when you mention uh, the family and what a difficult day, Frank, it is for, for Colm Horkin's family. Colm's cousin, Liam Brehany, is with us here too on Lunchtime Live today. And, and Liam, I know it's a, a difficult day and I appreciate you, you taking time to step out to speak to us this afternoon. But I suppose in, in hearing the um, the sentence being handed down for the capital murder of, of, uh, of, of Colm Horkin, your cousin, do you, do you feel justice has been served? Uh, hi, Andrea. Um, yeah, I think that's the best, best summation for it. Um, like, there's, uh, there's no real winners in this, you know, like, um, 
know, we've been robbed of a friend <clears> or <throat> family member, and like I suppose as Frank touched on there, the victim impact statement really did drive it home, you know, and how much he meant to the family and how much of a loss he is. And I suppose it's the full measure of the law in Ireland, and it was fully deserved in this case. I felt, and it was, uh, yeah, it was vindication for Colm, I think. I, I, I can't imagine, um, Liam, for you and, and for the family in hearing the victim impact statements today. And I think, you know, quite when, when Frank mentioned how poignant it was, uh, Colm's dad, Marty, you know, talking about his, how reliable and, and honest he was and how proud he was of Colm um, and the gentleman that, that he became. But I'm sure for you and the family, it must have been very difficult hearing that in the flesh today. Yeah, like, I suppose we all knew what Colin was like and I suppose what maybe this case tragically has maybe shown is, is maybe to the wider public and to people who didn't know Colin, you know, the true gent he was and, and you know, um, I think that's coming between the people who are able to read between the lines and that, you know, usually, you know, everyone gets nice platitudes when, you know, when they pass on or, with, you know, it's a tragic case. But I think people are realising with Colin that, you know, they're genuine, that he was the real deal and, he has, you know, the, the amount of support from town, and I know the family <clears throat> really thrived on it, you know, and Colin's best friends were there every day for both sides, I'm sure. Frank, at this stage, knows all the faces there, you know, mm-hmm. people from town took it in turns, it was all with two rows of people from Charlestown to show support for the family, and I suppose that was, you know, that's the biggest uh, measure of the man, that that's the way the town felt, and, you know, I know today was a like it was really formality given that the sentence was automatic but the, the sense of relief after the, the conviction was it was unbelievable and it was, it was very hard to describe the sense of relief you know that there was justice got for Colin and today was just you know, hopefully another uh, chapter closed and you know mm-hmm. as people can move on towards healing and get used to being without Colin you know You'd be struck very much so, um, I think, Liam, in listening to to Frank there just talk about uh, Marty and and his description of the relationship that he had with his son, with Colm, and the loneliness that he now feels. I'm sure it's felt by so many across the the entire uh, area on a daily basis. Ah, yeah. You know, Marty's in his early 80s and... and as, would you believe, at the weekend with with, with President Biden home, this... um, Marty actually got to meet him on the Friday night in Clamaris for a private audience with him. And did he, Liam? He did, yeah. And the two of them had a few minutes together just at the end of it. Um, and they spoke and he presented Marty with a challenge coming from the White House and just said, I've lost a son. I understand what it's like. They're similar age, man. And I believe it was a really poignant moment. And, um, you know, everyone was so happy. And Marty was, you know, so thrilled. And, um it's just you do realise that they, Marty's, you know, lived his life. He's had a lot of, he lost his wife, my aunt Dolores, he lost his daughter. And Colette, before this, like, he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. And Colin, I suppose, was the one continuous thing in his life, the one steady thing. He lived with them there, the two of them. They got on, they had similar interests, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm sure Marty's feeling it, you know, most of it, you know, the family, all of their own families and that in life, whether we like it or not, those go on. But I suppose Deirdre and himself, you know, living there, have really felt the most, felt the the, the brunt of the of the trauma. I suppose, mm. you know. Just for for you, Liam, I suppose, in the wider Horkin family, just what would you like 
Column's legacy to be? Uh, I suppose, I think most of it's been said already, you know, like that he was a good guy. Like that, that's been up, you know, he, he, was, he was upstanding, he was straight, he was, you know, he, he represented what I think a guard should represent. And I think this was a big result for the guards because it's a very difficult job and they have to have some measure of protection there uh, in a state, you know, where largely the guards are unarmed, ironically, in this case the column was but like there has to be some measure of protection for them I think it was vindication I know the guards felt that privately talking to them afterwards and I think you know as a friend and as a you know certainly column and that he was a guy we all took I think that's everyone says that he was the senior man we used to joke in our group of friends and he was the man we all went to you know for <clears throat> advice or if we wanted stuff and I, I suppose that's his legacy and mm-hmm. he was you know he was a good guy and, um, you know, so many people cared about him and it's, and it's clear from, it can be seen in those, the, the support he had in court and the victim impact statements and the ongoing, you know, thing, uh, with the club at home, with the, with the pitch and that the support we've had is phenomenal and it's just a measure of the man. Well, Liam, I, I really appreciate you joining us here today because I, I know you've just stepped out um, from the court where the, 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 uh, the sentencing has been handed down in the past half an hour today. So I, I do really appreciate your time and thank you for, for taking the call. And I, I know many are, of course, thinking of you and the wider Horkin uh, family and extended family today as well. That's uh, Liam Brehney there, who's Colm Horkin's cousin, Frank Rainey, our own court's correspondent. And of course, there'll be much more as well um, about this too, I'm sure, on the hard shoulder later on this evening. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.